Welcome to Monday Morning Homilist. I'm Father Manny Alvarez. And I'm Jorge Santibanez. Every Monday morning, we dive deeper into the previous Sunday's readings and homilies. And towards the end, we veer off to talk about life and definitely talk a little sports. Enjoy. Happy Monday. It is Izzy Day. Yay. Good morning. Do I have to be here? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> we are glad to have Izzy with us this morning to share with us her insights into yesterday's homily. Good morning, everyone. This is Father Manny. And um, yeah, let's get right into it because uh, Izzy has notes. I always have notes. She And she takes notes during my homilies and or during everybody's homilies. And um, now, I, when I walked into the studio this morning, you said something to me about, you know, go ahead, say it. You know, we'll, we'll, we said we were going to say it. The homily was fluffy yesterday. Fluffy. In the sense for and me. I took offense to that. No, okay. In the <laughs> sense that usually in most homilies, I also went to another mass last oh, night. See, that's why she's comparing. Listen, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. Because both were fluffy. Here we go. Both were fluffy. Blo- because it didn't make me think or reflect as much as other as uh, other homilies do. The gospel, great. Mustard seed, always a good parable. Mm-hmm. But again, the homily. But there was one part that I really liked that you mentioned in your homily yesterday. Go for it. Um, you were saying how God um, favors the little one. Mm-hmm. And you go You're on. Little. That's that's why it was her favorite part, right yeah. there. Just end of, end of segment here. I actually here. did think of me. <laughs> yeah. And how you said that he started choosing the little, like with Abel, Jacob, David, Solomon, Jeremiah, on the Old Testament. And then what surprised me is when you said Mary, because I just didn't put two and two together. Now, why would I mention Mary? Um, because she's lowly. But I didn't think of it. Right, because she says that in in the Magnificat when she visits her cousin Elizabeth after the Annunciation. That's me. You know, first of all, let, actually, before the, the visitation, going back to the Annunciation, when the angel Gabriel goes to her and explains this whole plan of salvation, you know, first she asks, you know, well, who am I? You know, I'm no one. Mm-hmm. And then at the very end of that, of that passage, she says, I am the handmaiden of the Lord. The Greek is, you want you no know, fluff this morning, I'm coming straight at you. Thank you. Okay. I appreciate it. All right. And the Greek word is brephos, which means little which is the same word that Luke uses to describe the baby Jesus in the manger. So she's saying, I am the little one of the Lord. I am the slave of the Lord. You know, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be done to me according to my the right word. Now, fast forward to the visitation. She goes to the hill country in haste. When Elizabeth sees her, obviously John the Baptist jumps for joy in her womb. She says, blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Mary is overwhelmed by this greeting, overwhelmed by this, and she goes into the Magnificat. My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord, for he has looked with favor on his lowly servant. She says of herself. Forgot about that. So there you go. And she says it later on, not about herself. She goes, Mm -hmm. later on in the Magnificat, says he has lifted up the lowly. So there, because you mentioned all those biblical characters, all those characters. The reason I mentioned them yesterday was because, you know, we were talking about the mustard seed, talking about the small and how Mm -hmm. God, you know, favors the meek favors the small. Every single one of those characters, by reading them in the in the Bible, you wouldn't think as they were the favorite ones of God. You usually think as the firstborn or the strong ones yeah. being the the favored ones. Mm-hmm. I started with Cain and Abel. You know, Abel was the, was the second one. Cain was the firstborn, but it was Abel who God saw, who God accepted 
and whose sacrifice God blessed and accepted. Cain, he did not. Same thing with all the rest of the uh, biblical characters you mentioned, their biblical figures you mentioned there. So all these things is to emphasize a point that God, Izzy, favors the small and you're smiling from ear to ear. Thank you. (laughs) She's like, yeah, no more fluff. That that got me thinking now. Thank you, thank you. So I need to speak directly to you then. Yeah. Well, that's why this podcast is here, to be able to go deeper to get beyond the fluff. Thank you. Um, but, no, but, but here's the thing. Here's what's curious to me because now, because you're sitting here as someone who can speak towards the community because I preached this at the 1030 and the 530 Mass yesterday. Why, you know, why did you think it was fluff? Why did you think, did we, did we dance around it? Did we, did we, you know, not hit it head on? I like the, because I've never heard the point of view of that God chose, that chooses the lowly. Really, mm-hmm. I never have. But again, the gospel, love the parable of the mustard seed. Um, I just, it didn't get me thinking. It didn't reflect on me as much as it, as much as other homilies do. Okay. That was the only thing. Fair enough. Yeah. But the, the mustard seed, remember, it's used twice and Jesus uses twice. Here you have it as, you know, the mustard seed is, what can it compare the kingdom of God to? Mm-hmm. It is like a mustard seed, which being the small of the seed becomes such a large tree mm-hmm. where we find shade and where all the birds of the sky come and find shade. The second one is, all you need is the faith of mustard seed and you can say to the, you know, to the tree, be uprooted and go into the sea. You, all, mm-hmm. you know, so there's, there's, two, there's two of those. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you come to yesterday's readings, you have... Both the first reading, which you said you liked, I from really Ezekiel. I really like the first reading. All right, we'll get into that. But Ezekiel, both Ezekiel and the gospel are talking about trees, are talking about how mm-hmm. God will plant trees that will become big. What did you like about the first reading? George, I... we'll get to you in a second. That's yeah. fine. He's just sitting here like <laughs> looking. <laughs> I think that was the first <laughs> time good. in a long time that I've really noticed. Maybe it was the tree aspect that you said mm-hmm. that it goes hand in hand. Men- mentioned cedar. Mm-hmm. And then how it says in the first reading... Um, how God lifts high the lowly. Mm-hmm. I might be butchering it. I'm gonna. I'm pulling it up right now. I got it. it. Will bring low the high tree, lift high the lowly tree, wither up the green tree, and make the withered tree. See, blue. that's why George is here. Thank you, George. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's where it goes right in hand. Where you said about your homily, how you choose the lowly. Um, yeah, I really like the the song. And, that, and there's a backstory to that because while when Ezekiel says that, the people of Israel are in exile in Babylon. And so them hearing these words from the mouth of God saying, listen, I'm going to take an offshoot of this great, of this great big cedar, okay, tear it up, I'm going to plant it on a mountain in Israel. And so it's like Israel saying there is hope. There is hope for self. There's hope for us returning home. There's hope for us to escaping exile, escaping Babylon. Now, going into the gospel, Jesus is talking uses it in terms of show what to what shall I compare the kingdom of God to? Because the kingdom of God, we think of the kingdom of God so many times as something that we will experience in heaven. When the kingdom of God, Jesus starts instituting it here on earth, and so we are the kingdom of God, and we are called to build up the, the, you know, this is what we're doing right now is building up the kingdom of God. And so you, you wrote, you're writing, you're pointing your notes. So you said you wrote that. Why does that, that sound familiar? Why does that sound familiar? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think, I'm, I think you said, or maybe I'm mixing it up with the other Here mass we go. that I went to later right. yesterday. Um, how you said Jesus entrusted the, the, these 12 men, the apostles. Right. I said that. 
the I know you did. Okay. <laughs> and their sacrifices was by made by ordinary men. I think maybe it was in the other mass that I heard and how it started the church the kingdom of God exactly why does it sound familiar? Started with those yeah, apostles. Started with the twelve it men. kept going and going and generations and now we're here and so, we're still Yeah, we're still going strong. Still going strong. Two thousand years later. So he takes plants the seed mm-hmm. in the apostles, chooses these men. Ordinary men. Ordinary men. I forget that. And then many times. And and so, and then these ordinary men, Jesus tasked them with building up his church. Mm-hmm. And here we are, a big church, billion strong, more than a billion strong around the world, mm-hmm. and we gathered together to celebrate the Eucharist, which was them not keeping this treasure that Jesus gave them to themselves, but handing it on to through the laying on of hands to another generation and then so on and so on and so forth. So that small mustard seed that Jesus planted in their hearts became this huge tree, this huge, huge tree that we each, that we find shade in and refuge in every Sunday. Yeah. And, um, you know, to put another twist on this for us today, you know, cause, cause obviously we can look back through salvation history. We can look at these Bible characters. We can look at the, at the apostles yeah, and and what's common among all of them is that they doubted. You know, they mm-hmm. said they. I mean, even even Mary, even Elizabeth. You know, who am I that the mother of my Lord should come visit me? You know, the apostles. Yeah, yeah. Jesus says, "Come follow me," and and they drop their nets and they follow him. But but they do so like, what am I getting myself into here? Mm-hmm. For us today, you know, as we reflect on on this on this reading on these characters, it really forces us to reflect on our own humility. Yeah. Uh-huh. On our own humility because, and we've, we've mentioned this before, you know, Jesus, uh, Jesus doesn't call the equipped, he equips the called. He equips those who are called. So, so for each and every one of us today in this effort to build up the kingdom, in this effort to, you know, take the gospel into the world, we may not know exactly what we're supposed to say, uh, you know, but, but like Moses, you know, the, the Lord will speak for us. You know, and and it it just requires that that sense of humility, where you know, over and over and over throughout Scripture, you know, we have these we have these incredible characters who have who now form the backbone of our entire faith, saying, you know, I can't do this, I can't do this, and and it's precisely because of that attitude that we're still around, you know, two thousand years later. And I mentioned Moses, and I'm not in the morning home. I mentioned him in the second in the second Mass that I did yesterday, because what, what Jorge just said, Moses, when he was called by, by God in the burning bush, said, well, what, what, I can't speak. Why are you choosing me? And you have examples throughout Scripture of biblical figures saying, why are you choosing me? I can't do this. But God says, don't worry about it. <laughs> I'll send you Aaron. Aaron can speak for you. But you are the one that I'm choosing to free my people Israel. And so Moses becomes this epic figure in the Bible when all he wanted to do was tend his father-in-law's sheep. No, I'll just sit here, you know, tending Jethro's sheep. I'm happy. Leave me alone. But no. You know, and God calls each and every one of you. We want to say, oh, no, God, leave me alone. I, 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 you know, just, just let me be. But God is constantly calling us to change. So we are called to be humble, to allow ourselves to you know, to be molded by God, to be, you know, led by God to where He wants us to be, not where we want to be, 
but to where he wants us to be. What else you got? Um, you mentioned two quotes from our patron of St. Teresa. Ah, there we go. The last one was my favorite one. Because the first one, I, I think I zoned out and I just All right, got let me, the last I, I have it here, so in case you forgot <laughs> the, it. The last, I only got the, like, the last All right. five words. The first, so we're talking about, why did I mention our patroness yesterday? Well, we're talking about, you know, being small. Teresa was small. Mm-hmm. We were talking about being meek. She was meek. She was sickly her entire life, lived to the age of 24, which you have not reached yet, Izzy. No, two years, two years. Okay, so, but ima- imagine writing all of this down at your age. No, I can't. Writing the story of it, so it's, and that's what was so remarkable of Therese. She was, you know, someone who was gifted by God with such a great understanding of what the kingdom of God is and her place within the kingdom of God. So, the first quote that I mentioned was, my little way is the way of spiritual childhood, the way of trust and absolute self-surrender. So we talk about Therese and we talk about her little way. It's basically her understanding of the kingdom of God. So, but here's the thing and what I, what I pointed out yesterday when she says, it is the way of trust and absolute self-surrender which is a word we don't like to use because we think of it, surrender, as a word of weakness. But when it comes to God, it is of total trust. How would, you know, you're, you're, you're making a face. What, what is your I view of the word surrender? I wouldn't put weakness with surrender at all. Because you're, you're a spiritually mature woman. Thank yes, you. But, but in general, out really? there. And, and that's, why, that's why I said, you know, for today, for us, for the people who are listening to this, for the people who... who or who we hope the people listening to this go and, and share this with, you know, Father, you just, you nailed it right right now, you know. We, our pride gets gets the best of us over and over and over again, you know, where, where I cannot show weakness. I have to be strong. I, you know, especially in Miami, you know, I got to be the macho man. And, and be the a Lord, the, you know, the, the Lord. <laughs> Look at this. <laughs> Yeah, Can we bring the 305 into the podcast? You know, there you go. We are in Miami. You know, the the Lord calls each of us to be that mustard seed. You know, obviously the 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 parable he's comparing it to the kingdom of God, but but each of us needs to to view ourselves as you know this tiny insignificant seed that becomes something incredible and and you know that God shape. makes absolutely. And that's why I mentioned children. We we're talking about it before we went on the air. That, you know, God chooses children. And, it, and and this is something I wanted to ask you about this morning because you work with children every day. Yeah, teenagers. you know. Yeah, no, they're still children. They're still, still children. Ch- they're not, you're, they're seventh graders. Yeah. They think they're teenagers. They're not. They're tweens, whatever that means. But. And Izzy's just like, I don't have to deal with them for two months. Right. But every now and then, but every now and then, <laughs> they say something that blows you away. Yep. Yeah. They give you an insight. And every now and then you, you, you do deal with the little ones. So, you know, when you do VBS, when you, when you, or even now in the school, but every now and then you deal with something, an insight that the child gives you that makes you rethink your own, you know, understanding of the faith. Am I wrong? No, you're right. But I'm, it's, I mean, they're few and far between when you deal, because you deal with seventh graders every, every day, but yeah. th- they surprise you. They surprise me in the sense that they think of the church really so simple. 
Mm-hmm. Really, like, it's just you go to Mass, you receive the Eucharist, you go to confession, and that's basically all you do. That's I had this conversation with one of my 7th graders months ago. I go, dang, you're kind of right. In the, you're, kind, you're, not, you're not wrong, but you're also not right. Because she was saying, because what else am I supposed to do until I get married? Oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> ah. Like, you go to Mass, you receive the Eucharist, go to confession, that's it. But it's so, it's quote-unquote simple, but so profound in our faith that going to Mass, that we're able to receive the Eucharist. Recently, I've gotten more of a love for the Eucharist. I don't know how. Thank you, God. I don't know what I did. But it's, it's literally bread and wine. And it becomes his body and blood. That's pretty crazy to me. Again, it, it hits me. <laughs> oh, last week's episode. It hits me. But, so, yeah. But yeah, so the sim- the simplicity of a child mm-hmm. and how they approach Jesus, like even as adults. But my example, coworkers have asked me questions. My own parents have asked me questions. My yeah, friends. There you go. Really, we all become not all become. And you work children. in a Catholic school. Yeah, and it's just everyone, not everyone, but we all have questions about a faith that makes us quote unquote little again. Just mm-hmm. like going back to our roots, realizing again how simple it is. But the simplicity of a child, and I mentioned this, every time Jorge takes my goddaughter home, passes by in front of the church, she says, Casa de Papa Dios. Oh, it's so precious. God's house. So so much, so much I gotta, I gotta, you know, we always talk about Lexi. I gotta give MJ some love. Oh, here we go. Because oh, she says it so much that now we say Casa de, and he knows about seven words, and he goes, Papa. Papa. At, least he, at least he knows. <laughs> you know, he, maybe not equating it to his father but he's trying to get the papa de dios you know you know god our father and wrong. so he's not wrong but and i made this point yesterday the simplicity of children is that they know that he is god and that they are not which is something we forget all the time because mm-hmm. we always sin against the first commandment shall have no other gods before before me so we you know the greatest sin is thinking that we're god it's the sin of adam and eve pride pride and so we go into our faith, we need to go into the, our faith with the simplicity of a child saying, He is God, I am not. He is in control, I am not. And to go back to the, that first quote of St. Saint, of Saint Therese, I have to trust Him, which we don't always do, and I have to surrender to Him. Now, why don't you think of it as a, as a word of weakness? Spiritually George, put it on the dot when you said how we do so much and it's not... You keep, I don't know, wait, I forgot what you said really exactly. What was it? Oh, it's, it's that sense of uh, the lack of humility, you know, where, where our, our society today tells us, you know, you cannot be weak. Nope. You cannot yeah. be weak. You cannot show weakness. Mm-hmm. If you're a man, you cannot cry. You know, if you're a professional, you can't have a bad day. And if you do have a bad day, you need to, you need to, you know, bury it in the, you know, and, and don't let anyone know about it. Whereas we don't want to ask for help. No, you. Oh, we, I we're hate not, asking. We for talked help. about mental I health a couple it. weeks ago. Oh, you're ago. saying it right now. I you hate it. you hate asking for help. I hate you, it. Unless it really, when it comes to my professional work, like at school, if I have a, like a question of if I'm grading something, that's that's about it. But after that, no. But we talked like about it. mental health a couple weeks ago on Pentecost and saying that we don't like to ask for help, especially when it comes to our mental health, and telling somebody I am not okay mm-hmm. because. Before COVID, so many times I would go up there to celebrate Mass with a raging cold and a raging fever. And I said, no, I am, I am a man. I could get through this. And I wouldn't give communion. 
you know, I give that to the, through the Eucharistic ministers, but I will tough it out. Whereas now we're not allowed to because of, you know, we're living in this post COVID time mm-hmm. where as before you would have, you had to show up to work sick. You had to play injured when it comes to sports. You have to do all these things to show that you are a person of strength. When in the spiritual life, true strength lies in surrendering to God. And that's what St. Therese wants to give to us. And and that's what I love about St. Therese, especially as a 24-year-old. You know, we we think, you know, we just talked about it. We we think of 24-year-olds, and especially nowadays, 24-year-olds are still incredibly immature. Except for yeah. Izzy. Except for Izzy, yeah. Some of my <laughs> friends are so mature. <laughs> but but I'm serious, and and it's really a fruit of of you know culture of the culture, yeah. you know, the saints over and and this isn't anything new, you know, where, where the Lord is telling us, you know, be be meek, be humble of heart, you know, I will equip you, I will take care of you, I will send you the Holy Spirit, I got you, you know, and still we in our stubbornness in our hard headedness we say no, I have to I have to tough it out and do it on my own. If we look at Saint Therese, she doesn't do anything crazy. No. She doesn't do anything, you know, that that, you know, Joe Schmo on the street corner is not capable of doing. You know, her her entire life was extraordinarily simple. The little way. That's... And it's that little way. Yeah, and, and it's and it's true throughout salvation history. You know, were, were people called to be in extraordinary situations? Yes, but, but what the Lord did through them was through something simple. You know, they, they didn't have to go and, you know, and, and move a giant boulder. You know, the Lord will do that for them. Mm-hmm. You know, all the Lord asks of us is that surrender, to, to put our life, to put, to put everything that we have into his hands and let him transform that and use that to build up the kingdom of God. All right, second quote. Um, you got it. I'll read it now. Okay. Um, but that's one I, that, that spoke to you. This is the quote. Yeah. Jesus, this is St. Therese. Jesus has shown me the only way that leads to the fire of divine love. It is that of a little child who, full of trust, falls asleep in its father's arms. And there it is. Thank you. There you go. Why I forgot did I speak about to you? the... the... Divine love, but I got the part of that. Is it that of a little child that trusts, that fully trusts in God, falls asleep in God's arm? Yeah. Again, but, my abbreviation. But why did it speak to you? Um. The full trust part got to me, in the sense that you have to always trust God in whatever He does, even if it sucks for you on a bad day, or if it's a good day, you trust Him and you know it's His plan, and you can again, it's like well. I know when I fall asleep, I always pray. I try to pray, at least. I try. And it's that peace. It just gives me that sense of peace that when she said, falls asleep in God's arms, saying, like, you trust him. Um, And you said how a parental love, how you just want to go to mom and dad and just hug them. And I know I do that even with my own mom. Like, hey, mom, can I have a hug? And, like, you just feel a sense of peace, a sense of, yeah, just feel peaceful. That's it. And that you feel like nothing can touch you. Like, you're in your mom's or dad's arms or you're in prayer, or you're in mass adoration, and you're right in front of him, and it's just nothing can touch you. He's right there. That's it. I'm gonna throw some John Bosco at you. Here's oh a, my because man! Because I know, I my know, man. I, and we're gonna have Izzy just screaming and hollering and enjoy here. John Bosco <laughs> said, "True joy consists 
in the satisfaction of knowing that we are in God's hands and therefore in good hands. Period. End of sentence. How's that? My man, I haven't heard that one in a while. I haven't heard that quote in a while. Um, but yeah, I like it. And, that, and that's the knowledge of knowing that we are safe, that mm-hmm. we are secure, that we are held so tenderly in God's arms. The same way we feel when we are children and you know we had a bad day at school or we, we got injured, we fell off our bike and mom or dad comes and picks us up and holds us. And you know you see a child that's crying on the floor. What does mom and dad do? They pick them up, put them in their arms. And the child, you know, for the most part, you know, feels comforted, stops yeah. crying. And so we look at, that's how we need to see our relationship with God. From the point of view of someone who is little, who realizes that we have much to grow in the faith, that we don't have it figured out. I was telling somebody the other day, I've been a priest for 19 years. I still don't have it all figured out. You know, I have. To, I wake up every day saying, God, where will you lead me this day? What will you teach me this day? You know, and I have to trust in him. now. And help. Yeah, no, exactly, and help. <laughs> and the days that I don't do that, the day that I trust on my own devices, on my own, you know, uh, you know, intellect or skill, or whatever you would as you want to call it, and put God out of the equation, are the days that I fall flat on my face. Mm-hmm. And you could ask any priest, and they will tell you the same thing. We have, and, and it doesn't apply to priests. It applies to everybody. We have to entrust. Every single day when we wake up, we have to say what I said earlier, a child's prayer. You are God. I am not. I entrust myself to you. I surrender to you. Because if I go in, you know, to whatever project I'm doing and say, ah, I got this. You know, yes, we have, we got this mm-hmm. if God is at our side. Yeah. But if we take God out of the equation, we don't got it. Now, by the same token, <laughs> and it happens to you working with, with kids, you know, the seventh graders, every time they have a big test, and they'll say to me, Father, pray for me. You know, so I can do well in this test. I go, did you study? He goes, nope. And I go, then God will not help you. <laughs> That's my favorite. And God will That's not help you. Thing. Because they, here's the thing. My grandmother always used to say to me, you know, God says to us, cuídate que yo te cuidaré. You know, t- take care of yourself because I, I will take care of you. But... We have to do our part. For sure. You know, God gave yeah. us the intellectual gifts to be able to study. So it's like, you know what? I have all these math problems I have to do and I have a test in, in algebra. You know, math. You know, and all these things that I have to do. And if I didn't study, you know, the Holy Spirit isn't, isn't going to enlighten you in that moment if you've never looked at the material. Yeah, I am not going to lie. God knows. I've done that before. Ah. I've asked St. Thomas Aquinas, hey, buddy. <laughs> Can you help me out what here? An angelic doctor. There you go. And how'd that go? Um, I've always been an average student, so that's all I can say. <laughs> You're not average. Yeah, I am. You're beyond average. But so, you know, to, to bring it back to, to where we started, because um, we're we're coming up on 27 minutes now, which which is pretty good. Really? I can't believe it's been 27 I it was minutes already. Uh, you know, we we talked about pride and humility, and I the the temptation when we talk about humility is you know to to beat our 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 chest, you know. You know, I am nobody. I am nothing. I, you know, and that's not humility either. You know, because because it's it's just as much a sin to to ourselves, uh, a, a sin against God, against our own dignity, to to extol ourselves and say, you know, I'm I'm the greatest thing since sliced bread. Uh, but just as much is to recognize or, or to to not recognize, you know, that we do have dignity. 
You know, so so humility is that in between where where we're not making ourselves more that we are, but we're also not making ourselves less than we are. And it's realizing that even in our meekness, we are a child of God. He has taken us for himself through baptism, saying, you are mine. You are mine. Izzy is mine. Jorge is mine. Father Manny is mine. We are. We belong to him. And he will give us the grace to overcome whatever obstacles present themselves to us and allow us to go deeper into the spiritual life as long as we surrender to him. As long as we say, you know what? Full of trust, I fall asleep in my father's arms. That's how we need to go to bed every night. Mm-hmm. Saying, you know, no matter what happened, no matter how bad the day or how good the day was, saying, Lord, thank you. I fall asleep. I entrust myself to you. Yes! Yes! The you! The you! The you! The you! running back. Wow. That's your fiance's boy. Exactly. It's yeah, a no-brainer. He's a Hall of Famer. <laughs> that guy just... No, but... Just... No. Get out of here. <laughs> what was that last night? Father, I really thought I was coming in here today to uh, to give credit to Isan Diaz. Uh-oh. Seventh inning. We need base runners. We're down four. He shows bunt. The Braves don't move. Mm-hmm. They're, they're in, uh, you know, they've moved. Because they don't over care. Because they don't care. It's Isan Diaz. And then he drops a beautiful bunt against the shift to start uh, to start a rally. Imagine that. You know, he finally got a hit on a, on a bunt single. So he's due up again in the ninth. We're down two. Mm-hmm. We need a base runner. I don't know if the Braves shifted again. They didn't show it on. And what does he do? He strikes out. Of course he does. This is a scheduled tweet. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! They had a good week, though. They had a great week after I mean, after an losses. embarrassing showing against uh, against Pittsburgh. It was nice to take no, two or three against. Uh, it was two or three, Braves. and then I believe it was two and two or no, three, against, two or three against, Colorado. against Colorado. And and it was a great week. They they showed signs of promise, but oh, I was at the game on Tuesday, and I, I know we're harping on it. And credit where credit is due, Isan's glove is. Beyond reproach, and it at is, third, he's been impressive. He's been very, he had that. he had a few picks there over last week that were just amazing, but you know when you get to his you know like I said the, you said that they were going to go down to, to bunt and single and the Braves didn't flinch. It's because you're batting one twenty five, dude. I believe sometime on Saturday I said he was eight for his last seventy two. Yeah, that's pretty bad. That is bad. I can probably do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. With it's eight made... bunt, with eight bunt singles. <laughs> no, exactly. I mean, put put your bat up against a hundred mile an hour fastball yeah. and see how that goes. Yeah. But there's so many things to talk well good about the Marlins. Starling Marte has had an exceptional week. All Starling Marte. No, I he's, mean he's got to go to the All Star game. There's the way Trevor, he's been playing these last few. It'll weeks. probably be Trevor that goes to the All Star game, but we can't vote for the pitchers. The three people that they put it up yesterday. It's Starling. It's uh, jazz, and I'm don't I don't remember who the third person Areva. is. Jesus Aguilar. Probably, you know, it was Jesus Aguilar because of his home runs. So, you know, jazz. I would love for jazz to go. 
I mean, they did a great thing on, on Saturday. Yeah, that Bahamian was, Heritage that Night. Was fun. His grandma was there. His grandma gave a great interview on, on TV. And, and he had it, you know, he was the one that scored the first run. And how he scored it was yeah. just his infectious joy and energy. And I told you this several weeks ago. You have not seen that since Jose was in the dugout. So that was great week. Now, but there was a tweet yesterday. Greg Craig Mish, who is a great, great uh, beat man for the, for the Marlins. Uh, I don't remember. I got to find the, the exact tweet because it kind of rankled me a little bit because we, you know, we think ourselves Marlins historians. You know, Marlins are only uh, 28 years old. So we have... Uh, a profound knowledge of yes. the ups and downs of this organization. Mainly the downs. Yeah. But, but seeing how Mar- Marte played this weekend, and, and obviously the hole that Marte created when he got injured at the beginning of the season, and now oh, yeah. when we get Miggy and we get Brian Anderson back, I told you, when we get that lineup back, Alfaro is hitting great. They need to move him up in the, yes, in the order. Do. So this, this is what Craig mentioned. And, 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 and again, respect him. Great baseball man. He says this. What a special player Marte is. He's up there talent-wise with some of the best that have ever played here. And I said... Uh, and there's been a lot that have played and here. And there have been a lot that have played. <laughs> now, we're talking about... The, you mentioned off, off air Jeremy Hermida and all the... Chucky Carr. We, you know, but you Chucky Carr. About. Chuck Carr was great and all that. But I told you, come up with a list, you know, in your mind. I wrote it down now between yeah. segments. I got, I got like two or three that... Okay, yeah, that are no, for, but there, there, there's more. I wrote ten down. Yeah, no, you, we could, we could do a whole, uh, a which whole is what half we're doing. Hour which we're doing this. right now. We're not doing half an hour, but we're doing this right now. Okay, what are your names? Go ahead. I got Luis Castillo. Yes, I have that on my list. You got Gary Sheffield. Got that on my list. You got Charles Johnson. Got that on my list. Uh, who else did I come up with? I should have written it down. Uh, Miguel Cabrera. Miguel Cabrera. Here's the thing. H- hands down. Is that we traded away? Hanley Ramirez. In his, in I his did prime. not have I did not have Hanley. We had on my him list, in his prime, but we did uh, because I put Yelich and Stanton, yeah. and Ye- Hanley was before Yelich and Stanton. Yelich and Stanton went on to win MVPs. Actually, Stanton won it here. Yelich went on to win it in Milwaukee. But my goodness, so all these players, Hanley, when and, we, he, and I didn't even go back that far. Right. The, the thing with Hanley and, and Miguel had that. Cabrera had this too. Is like sometimes their attitude was like, eh. yeah. You know, they were so gifted. And Hanley, after he left here, kind of disappeared in, in, in Boston. But Hanley went... I remember reading an article. I don't know if it was in Sports Illustrated, but this was years ago. And they were still playing at, at the old stadium. And he's in, and, and the reporter's doing the, the piece on him. And and they're, and the reporter's there in the bat, behind the batting cage. And Hanley is just ripping him all over the field. And he's, and Hanley looks and he goes, look at this. This is easy. Believe he batted 347 when he won the batting oh. title. And... Um, Hanley was a special talent. Hanley was a five-tool talent. Yep. Hanley was great on the field, just like Marte. But, you know, in terms of, okay, if Marte does this over and we give him the extension and we and it goes over, over a prolonged period of time, yes, then start put make that tweet, make that declaration. But Marte, since he came back, yeah. then, okay, yes, we, he's been playing great, but how many Marlins who are average Marlins over the 20 years history of the team, had a great week and, you know, had you know had a, just a tear, but do, you don't regard them. We were talking about Adam Preston. Adam Duvall. <laughs> right. Well, we were, we were talking about that because Preston Wilson. Yeah. Preston Wilson we, or, or even Cliff Floyd, we wouldn't th- put them up there 
with the greatest Marlins of all time, but they went through streaks that were like, wow, they, that, yeah, that, you know, that in was terms impressive. of home runs, yep, and sure. that was impressive. And now we're going back to our late 90s Marlins trivia. So I. So okay. who, who, who else is on your list, Father? Pudge. P- oh, Even course. though he was only here one yeah. year. Yep. Alou? You know, I remember when. Uh, I remember the day we got Pudge. Oh, Angie, he just he just put the client on your on a call. Sorry, for I'll, you. I'll I'll call you right back. Oh my goodness, we didn't mention Angie in the first segment. No, I doubt she's listening it, to the second. If she's so calling, that. it's she probably needs something. But okay. we'll, we'll wrap this up quick. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember the day we got Pudge. Uh, we were we were going out to eat as a family. They had the game on in the in the waiting area of the restaurant. They they sat the the family, and I said. No, I'm not leaving because it's Pudge's first at bat. Oh, okay. And I'm glad I stayed to watch that because because my family was yelling at me like, "Let's go, we need to go sit down. We're hungry." <laughs> and he hit a home run. No, Pudge. And then, remember, he was the MVP of the NLCS yep. in in uh, 2003. Pudge was incredible. And Moises Alou, you could make an argument he should have been the MVP of the World Series yep. in 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 97 and not Levon. Uh, remember, we're only talking about position players. You, did you mention Sheffield? I did. Okay. Uh, Jeff Cohn and Mr. Marlin. Mr. Marlin. Did it all. Did it all. Mike Lowe. Mike Lowe was consistent as consistent can be. MVP of the World Series in 2007. Mr. With, 305. Yeah, with the Red Sox. Uh, you mentioned Luis Castillo. Yes. Cons- I mean, Luis Castillo, I heard stories that Castillo would come into the dugout and goes, who are we playing today? Who Who's been... Wow. He, he, he didn't... No homework. <laughs> Here's the thing. Baseball is a simple... We were talking about simplicity in the first segment. Baseball is a simple see the ball, hit the ball. And that's how Castillo approached the game. Yep. And he had his quirks and he had all these things. And, you know, advanced analytics and all this video and they, all the stuff they have right now, Castillo would probably laugh at that. Because he would walk in and go, who are we playing today? Yep. Who's pitching today? Oh, it's, okay. the, it's the good old slap swing. Absolutely. You know, put it in play and... and so I had Run. <laughs> so you had Miggy, Pudge, Alou, Sheffield, Conan, Lowell, Castillo, Charles Johnson was our first ever uh, draft pick. Go Kane. Yeah, that's right. Christian Yelich, and then Mike. Sta- uh, he was Mike. Mike Kane here. Mike Giancarlo. And when he was on, he was on. Yep. And he is a he, he was a five tool player before injuries. Before the Yankees, I don't know what the Yankees are doing with him. You don't know what the Yankees are doing, period. No, dude. Why did, why did I have to go there? If I have to see, this is fun. This this is you played Little League, right? I did. Okay, I did not, but I know that in Little League because I've seen our coaches and our and our primary and JV team in our schools teach this to kids. When you're standing on second base and the ball is hit in front of you, what do you do? What do you not do? You do not run to. Third. You do not run to third. I have seen, and it happened yesterday, seeing the Yankees picked off on the bases so many times. The Marlins have done this yeah, too, but a, not. We, we got it. We our, to the our, point. our weakness is first base. <laughs> oh, and we get picked off way too much. We saw Mickey get injured. You yep. and I were there at that game. Yep. He got injured on that. So it's just fundamentals. Baseball is a simple sport. See the ball, hit the ball. It's and if we approach it against Steve Zoe, they had a great week. Uh, to talk about the other sports, we just wanted to mention this briefly because Jorge has just totally checked out of hockey. Tampa Bay I, I lost have no last idea. night. They're in the Western. They're in the conference finals now. Okay. We have the Islanders and Tampa Bay in the, I guess, East. Pick and your poison. And you have Montreal coming down from Canada to play the Vegas Golden Knights 
in the West, even though Montreal's in the East. I don't know how they're doing that. <laughs> but those are your four semifinalists to advance to the Stanley Cup final. That is in uh, hockey and basketball. The Suns swept the uh, the Denver Nuggets yesterday. Milwaukee, who I thought was going to get run out of the building by the Nets, they tied their series right. after a great weekend. And James Harden is injured. Kyrie Irving injured, got injured yesterday. Was in a boot. I believe he injured his ankle. And that is a two-two series. And Utah is playing the Clippers, and that's been a very good series. So that's going on there. And pretty soon, just give me football. It's coming. Just give me football. I mean, the Dolphins have one more mini camp this week, and you know when we come back in August, you know um, it's on. It's on. It's football. <laughs> and when it comes to um, when it comes to uh, soccer, we have the Euros going on. Having fun, Father Omer and I stayed up last night to watch talk, Colombia. Talk about a crazy weekend. No, no, we had Euros going on in Europe. We have the Copa America going on in South yep. America. Colombia beat Ecuador last night, one nothing. Brazil killed Venezuela three nothing, and it's just fun. It's just it's just a fun summer. You know you can't go wrong. There's so many things going on. Uh, and Inter Miami play has been you know on a hiatus. They play this coming Saturday, and hopefully they they figure show out show some signs of. Life. And the Iguains are, are playing because they're not playing for Argentina. I looked it up on the roster. I didn't know. I knew they weren't going. But I just wanted to make sure. Nice. I looked at the Argentinian nice. roster. It's messy and a bunch of. I mean, I knew. I knew. I recognized some names, but I. Well, and now that you mentioned it, you know the rumor. The rumor is circulating again. Uh, Messi to Miami. No, it's. I don't think it's so much of a rumor. I mean, even though it. We hear it every year. It, it's. It came out of Spain that he's going to sign a ten-year deal with Barcelona. He's going to play two more years in Barcelona, play two years in Inter, Miami, and then go back to Barcelona in yeah. some capacity. But no, I mean, come on. Here's the thing: is how are they going to pay him? Yep. Because apparently we're going to be hit on the set because of that fine thing. Who cares? Just bring them over here. It'll, it'll create buzz. It'll be like... When it'll, Be- sell t- it'll sell tickets. It'll sell tickets. <laughs> when Beckham when Beckham came to LA Galaxy, you know, that was... For sure. Huge. huge. Back in the mid-2000s. So a lot of things going on. Uh, no, so the, the best Marlon ever put on the uniform is Mingy Cabrera. He is, of all the people that, that uh, you know, that... Well, that wore the uniform. He's a, the surefire first ballot Hall of Famer, was triple crown winner, and we should have never traded him. Nope. I mean, yeah, we got Anibal Sanchez back, and but it's like we we did we got better deal than what we got for Yelich, more or less. But it's like a trend. It's a generational player. You know, Dan Liberger calls him the best right-handed hitter of our time. Actually, he didn't call him that. That he called Manny Ramirez that, but that's another story. <laughs> but no, the best right-handed right now. Yep. Mickey Cabrera, and he's still doing it at his age. So he's the best Marlon ever wore uniform, probably the only Marlon that will go in as a Hall of Famer. You know, I can't, Trevor Hoffman was here for, what, three months before they traded him for Gary Sheffield. So Mickey, the best. So to get Marte to that level, they have to extend him, do that consistently over a three, four, five-year span and get us into the postseason. It's nice to have players say, I want to stay here. Yes, and he said he wants to stay. Here. And and it's, and he's not the first to because say it. You see, and and that just tells you Maggie, everything you need to know. Maggie Rowe did that. Yep. And you see the infectious enthusiasm of Jazz. Yep. And his work ethic and his play. You know, like for example, when Jazz is coming up, I stop everything I'm doing. Absolutely. Usually, I have baseball on in the background. I'm doing something else. Jazz is up to bat. You watch. <laughs> and I, you watch whether it's a walk, whether it's 
you know, a granddad who he's and if he gets some, on base, you watch even closer. No, absolutely, no, 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 for sure. And so, can't wait to get. And and here's the thing: there, you know, we talk about each other. Lou and Diaz hit a home oh, run the other day. Beautiful. When these kids get up to the majors, when they're supposed to be here, not now yep. that they're they're filling gaps, is going to be a fun team. It's already a fun it team is. to watch. They're not boring. And they're not frustrating like some teams that play in the Bronx. Oh, they they can't play in the three weekends in a row. They've been swept three weekends in a row. Ouch. Okay, they are. I mean, it's just bad. Just eight and a half games back. You know, it, it it's just bad. So that's what's going on in the world of sports. We can't wait for football. Give so it to we, me. Give it to me. Right. So <laughs> we did we did this for the Marlins. We're gonna do this for for the Canes. You know, sometime later on this summer because. There's a countdown going on. How many days are left to Canes football? And they're and they're t- counting down the. I think we're we're down to double digits now. No, we're in you know eighty something yeah. days till. I love it. We beat Alabama. So, uh, we talked about summer. Our kids finished school last Wednesday, and you know all of us are about to go out. One thing that we failed to mention in the first segment that I mentioned yesterday in my, both my homilies was because I mentioned Saint Therese. If you are looking for summer reading. Do yourself a favor and pick up Story of a Soul, the autobiography of St. Therese of Lisieux, because it is so beautiful. It is so deep. Uh, it is not, you know, a book that, you know, you just flip through and just, you know, you read at the beach and you're, you're in one or two sittings. No, you know, you read on the beach if you want, but, you know, pick it up, download it on your Kindle, on your iPad, or, you know, buy it wherever you buy your books, because it is something that, you know, especially if you're a parishioner of the Church of the Little Flower, get to know your your patroness and, Read that book this summer. So that's Father Manny's reading assignment for the parish. Oh, homework? Yeah, homework. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was saying yesterday, I don't, you know, everybody has summer assignments and readings and stuff like that. When I was a kid, when you finish school, usually finish school this week, the second yep. week of June, uh, you turn your brain off and you didn't turn it on until the, rem- the first day of school. I remember going, you know, when I was in third or fourth grade, going to write my name on the first day of school and I'm like, I don't remember how to write. I mean, you know, you know, I'm exaggerating, but it was like, wow, I haven't put a pencil into my fingers all, you know, all, all summer, summer yep. long because you just played. You went to summer camp. You 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 went to the beach. You went on vacation. Now, you know, the kids nowadays, you know, it's competitive out there. They have to yep. study and do all these things, and I'm not going to get into that. So let's do a prayer to begin the summer. I found this, and I wanted to share it with all of you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. A prayer to begin summer. For more light in the day, we thank you. For gentle mornings, we thank you. For nighttime conversations, we thank you. For friends and family, we thank you. For gardens and all manner of creatures, we thank you. Help us, creator and lover of our souls. Help us love this earth. Help us dwell wholeheartedly in our lives this day. Help us pray as we walk, work, play, rest, and create. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. And may Almighty God bless you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.